1: Coming up on today's show, it is often the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about, but it's maybe the single biggest thing that could blow up your retirement income plan if you're not prepared for it. Stay with us. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. It's another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show wherever you get us, whether it's online, on radio, or on podcast, we are glad to have you along for the next half hour or so, my name is Scott Inman, and with us today, John Shrewsbury, uh, one of the founders of Gen Wealth, and Tony Conterno, who is our insurance specialist here at Wealth. which kind of gives you a little bit of a preview of what this show is going to be about, the elephant in the room. We we call it that, or I call it that, I don't know if everybody else at the table does, but we it's something that it's the non-happy part of retirement, right? It's, it, you, oh, yeah. When you think about your retirement, you think about the things you want to do. You may think about the things you need to do and want to do. You don't think about the things that are going to happen to you. And that's where we are with long-term care. and And if you've had a personal experience with it, guys, I think you're more sensitive to the need for it. But it's still something that's a cost one way or the other
2: however you choose to address it,
1: that people are sometimes, many times, I think, unwilling to really take on.
2: It's very difficult. It's, it's, it's hard to think about spending money on something that, that, number one, you think, well, I may not ever need that. But secondly, it's also hard to think about a time in your life when you may be subject to the need for that. And so long-term care is a difficult conversation. It's one that we very intentionally have yep. with our clients here at Wealth because it matters. It's a big, big deal. If you're not prepared for long-term care and you have a long-term care event, the money's got to come from somewhere. So clearly, there needs to be some thought process into this and some preparation put into it, and that's where your advisor here at Genwealth comes into play. And Tony is involved in a lot of those discussions because the the need is very clear.
3: Yes, definitely, because you you know it is an uncomfortable discussion. Not only you know the financial part, but it's going to be a very difficult time in your life. And if if you're not planning and including that in your financial plan. You know, then you're going to be unprepared. And you know, what do you want? What do you envision that part of your life looking like? You know, do you want a relative helping, nursing home? What's it going to look like for you,
2: Scott? I, I will be willing to bet that that the vast majority of our audience spent their time last night watching television, maybe you know, trolling online to get election results because. They're really concerned about the outcome of the election and what kind of effect it's going to have on their money, yeah, and on their lifestyle and things of that nature. Because we've been through a volatile time mm-hmm. in in the market, and they think, okay, we're we going to change this, or what's 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 happening here. And I will tell you that we're going to talk a little bit about the 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 uh, why well, it's almost a non-event, right, as far as the election is concerned in terms of your long-term financial independence, but something that nobody wants to pay any attention to but really needs the kind of attention that you spent last night watching television is this long-term care issue it goes back to what you say all the
1: time it's not about the economy it's about your economy that's right and this is part of your economy even though it's really not dollars and cents although really it can be translated into that but it's about your care so when you talk about the election we do want to take a moment to promote the fastest four because you can get some real you know john mentioned Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about how it really, the election results don't matter probably to the level that most voters think that it does, at least in terms of uh, your money and your retirement and your investments. Now, certainly they matter in other ways, so we don't want to discount that. But we have a a full uh, four-minute look, because it's the fastest four minutes in finance, at What's going to happen to the stock market? In fact, the last two weeks I've spent uh, talking about the stock market as it relates to the midterm elections. If you haven't signed up for the Fastest Four, I want to encourage you to do that. It's really easy to do. There's two really easy ways to do it. You can do it from a distance off your cell phone by texting the word FAST to 501-381-5228. Again, it's 501-381-5228. Or you can just go to our website, getreadyforthefuture.com. And you can look for, under resources, The Fastest 4, and just plug in your email address. We're not going to send you anything other than The Fastest 4 video. It comes out on Friday mornings. We do it every week, and it's always market or money-related. And for the last two weeks, we've been talking a lot about the elections. If you're listening on uh, our radio show, it's going to be in uh, this radio show, too, so you could just stay tuned until the end. But what I wanted to talk a little bit about was just to kind of build out this point, because, John, you mentioned the fear. You mentioned the fear that people have if their party didn't win. And, and as we sit here and record this, we don't really know who's in power because uh, four or five of the races in the Senate anyway are still outstanding. Then the House is more than likely going to belong to the Republicans. But by what margin, we don't know. So does it really matter
2: which party is in power? The short answer is it really does. not It doesn't. No, no. Uh, there, there is a short term effect, yep. but long term, the market doesn't care who the president is, the market doesn't care who's in Congress. Now, there are some monetary things that that Congress does and things of that nature that do have some effect on the market. But by and large, a lot of this stuff is very short term. And and if you think about the time that we've been through in 2022— a one-year period of time is short-term. Mm-hmm. It really is mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things of your financial independence. And so there are things that that I think you can obviously take away from the election. But here's one thing that we believe is really way more important than the outcome of the election, and that's the decisions that are being made at the Federal Reserve. Yep. The monetary policy that is going on in Washington has far more of an effect than the the uh, the president or the Congress. Look, just look at it in 2022. There's been no big major legislation, no big policy decisions, and things of that nature. But what has happened? We've raised interest rates half a dozen times, or whatever it is, and and rates have gone up, and that has had an effect. Rates have gone up because we had inflation. Now, obviously, clearly, when government interferes or intervenes in the economy, it does have an effect. And we saw that in COVID. Yep. Now, you can debate whether that was good or bad. But what they did was they threw money at everything. yep, And it created inflation. And so the Fed is responding to the creation of inflation to try to tamp down inflation. And what's going on right now, Scott, is that they're literally trying to play a balancing act between putting down inflation Versus stalling the economy. Right. Without crashing it. Yes. Right. I I equate it to the engine in your car. They don't want if
1: inflation is allowed to run wild, it's going to overheat the engine and it's going to blow. That's right. If they can create a soft landing, then we can come to the stop sign and be okay and the engine will still run. And it's still debatable if that's going to happen. But even if it doesn't it's going to be a blip on the radar in a long-term perspective. You know, one thing I want to point out when you were talking about the the money that was issued, because that's what you're talking about, the COVID shutdown, the supply side really restricted, and then the checks that were went, went out, the, right. the injection of money into the economy. And we did it more than once, but the first one was done under President Trump. And I think it's important, you know, the longer I am around, the more apolitical I get, but quite mm-hmm. quite frankly, because it's a continuum. This is not a my guy did this and your guy did this. It right. is a it is a cycle. It is an economic cycle. So the first decision for the money supply to be injected with money came in 2020 under President Trump. Now Biden did, uh, President Biden did have more of that, right? And you could argue that he could do more about inflation from the gas prices side, right? You could argue that the, the restriction of oil pipelines and those type of things, but those are minor. Those are minor. What you're talking about are small things that could have an impact but the economy is still what's in charge, and the when you were talking about the monetary policy, John, I think of that line that is uh, very common in our industry, don't fight the Fed That's really what it is
2: yeah, clearly you you the Federal Reserve has a big influence on this. You think about the housing market and the fact that used to be you could get a mortgage for about three and a half percent. Now I understand mortgage rates are somewhere in the 7% range. So that's huge. That that's a big difference in the in the actual monthly payment on a 30-year mortgage. You raise the interest rate, you double the interest rate on that 30-year mortgage from three and a half to seven. It 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 makes a big impact. But here's the thing. I can remember when mortgage rates were 10%. 15 percent. You know, there, there were ridiculous numbers back in the in the late 70s and early 80s. And yes, I am that old. I, I can remember when that was going on.
1: I've read about it.
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> I read about it. OK. <laughs> I'm just going to let that sit. <laughs> but but, you know, the, the point is, is that a lot of this is relative. And but what you've got to focus on is, does it matter to you if you had refinanced at three and a half percent? Does it matter to you right now? that there's a 7% mortgage out there. Nobody's pointing a gun at you saying, you got to go refinance your house and that's going to raise your interest rate. So, you know, there's, and obviously there's exceptions to that, but but clearly monetary policy is a big, big deal. But what's even bigger is what you are doing in your strategy, in your plan. And are you being proactive in working with your advisor to be sure that your economy is going to be Okay. And to get us back to our subject today, if you think about long-term care, long-term care is an expenditure that uh, the insurance for long-term care is an expenditure that you do need to make. But you do need to be having those conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we we really need to, to bore in on. Uh, the fact that I, I think a lot of people are almost uh, being an ostrich and sticking their head in the sand thinking, it's not going to happen to me, but there's a great chance that it is. Yeah,
1: and I, and I think that goes back to what I said earlier about the, you want to focus on the happy parts of retirement. You want to think about the things you want to do, the the things, the bills you maybe need to pay, but you don't really want to think about that day where you may need long-term care. And And the reality is, statistically, most of us are going to need it. Uh, fewer than one in thirty Americans own a long term care insurance policy, and only about seven percent of adults over fifty so clearly it 's not something we 're interested in as a society uh in purchasing. However, common estimates say that about fifty percent of older adults will need long term care at some point in their lives for adults over sixty five the odds shoot up to seventy percent so if you 've lived a long life already, those odds are greater that you 're going to need. Care So look at the dynamics of those numbers. About 7% of adults over 50 are leveraging a long-term care insurance policy, but that number is up to 70% for adults over 65 who are likely going to need it. So when you talk about this, Tony, look at the statistics. it's I think it's unique to the individual on why they're reluctant, but cost is oftentimes a big factor and what type of policy. You know, the, the traditional long-term care policy, you are taking – a chance by purchasing that because if you don't need the care you will have paid premiums for many years likely and not need it.
3: True yes if you if you go off the traditional um, which is based off of a you know it's a health insurance policy then if you survive and just you know hit hospice pass away then you get no proceeds from that policy Um, and I think statistics recently have said close to 50% of people on a traditional policy, never cash it out. Yeah, um, My grandma had one for 30 plus years, did great, got sick, hospice, didn't ever use it. Um, and that's, you know, kind of why we've looked at looking at a life insurance policy, adding the long-term care coverage to it with a rider. And that way, you know, we do pay a little bit more uh, level pay, but then we are getting something out of it. And we can include that in your plan too, as far as guaranteed money
2: yeah i think that's worth boring down into guys let's let's kind of take what tony uh did and 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 flesh out the details here so two types of long-term care coverage there's the traditional long-term care coverage and as tony said there's the life insurance based long-term care coverage well what's the difference well you can pay for the health insurance version of long-term care all your life never use it and you you get nothing uh, you can take a look at the, the life insurance-based long-term care. You're going to pay a guaranteed level premium in that particular case where your health insurance premium can actually go up mm-hmm. and, and will go up more than likely as mm-hmm. more claims come in in your age bracket. But the life insurance locks in your premium. So you pay for that. You know what you're going to pay. But here's the the benefit. If you qualify for long-term care, then you have a set benefit that is there for you for a period of time on that life insurance policy. It is basically uh, a prepayment of the death benefit. So if you have a $150,000 life insurance policy with a long-term care rider on it, you can access that $150,000 for long-term care purposes ahead of time before you pass away. If there's anything left on that policy, if you haven't uh, depleted that $150,000 in our example, if you haven't depleted that during your long-term care stay, then the remainder of that $150,000 pays out as a tax-free death benefit to your heirs. So clearly somebody is going to get paid in this situation, either you through long-term care benefits or your estate, your your beneficiary on that policy, it makes for a much more uh, palatable way, I guess I would say, to to be able to step into the long term care thing. Although the initial premium on the life insurance, Tony, if I understood you correctly, it is actually a little bit more on the life insurance version than what the the health insurance version is, at least from the get go.
3: Yeah, that's and we're seeing it; be, the gap is closing um, because the. You know, and if you have a traditional long-term care policy in your, you know, in your late 60s, that's probably still, you know, the policies used to be a lot more robust. And at that point, you're kind of past the age of probably being able to get a life insurance policy. Um, But the gaps are closing. But you do, you know, in five years, you could easily bypass traditional costs versus a life insurance policy as far as your premiums.
1: So John and I are former journalists, and it occurs to me as we're kind of vetting this out that this is the old uh, who, what, when, where, and how, how right? Yeah. That was the thing that we were supposed to solve for when on we every story on every news story. Yeah. So that's really what we're doing here. We've described the who. We gave you the statistics of who's going to need care, and really, it's a likelihood that we're all going to need it if we live long enough. The what? The problem is how do you pay for it? So let's kind of I want to broaden that out a little bit more because we kind of dove into some policy talks, some some insurance. Uh, solutions, which may be for you, but you're really, let's talk about the silos, the, the three types of people who really have to address it in different ways. And the first group is someone with really no assets or very little assets. There really aren't a lot of options for them uh, if they can't afford a long-term care policy that they're going to have to probably rely on Medicaid. That's going to be their option.
2: Yeah, that is the, the state program, Medicaid, not Medicare. Right. Medicaid is the state program that is designed to take care of folks who can't take care of themselves from a financial standpoint. Now, uh, qualifying for Medicaid is a challenge. It is difficult. You can't have any more than about a couple thousand dollars worth of assets to your name in order to qualify for Medicaid. Now, there's a lot of details in that, but, but let's just use that to stipulate that it's about a couple thousand dollars of liquid assets. So if you have a lot of money in your retirement account, you're probably not going to qualify for Medicaid. Uh, And you probably should use your retirement money to take care of you in your old age. But the way that you preserve those retirement dollars in case you live a long life or if you want to pass those on to your heirs is that you protect it with some type of long-term care policy. And essentially, the long-term care policy forestalls more withdrawals out of your retirement account to be able to fund your long-term care so that money can continue to grow, continue to be there for you for other needs that you may have, continue for your spouse. If uh, both of you are retired and there's no one earning a living in the house, usually there's one person that has a lot of the the retirement money. This gets into a lot of complexity when you are dealing with this on an individual basis, but when you have a long-term care policy in play for the person that is needing the long-term care, then the solutions become a lot easier.
1: Yeah, and I think, Tony, too, it's really important to point out here when you're when you're in that silo that you, you may need to leverage uh, an insurance company for care, it makes sense, I think, to come in and have a holistic plan created with an advisor and with somebody like yourself to be able to see how it fits into the overall income plan. It may not be that someone needs a policy that will provide the full cost of care, it may be that they need a portion of it to layer into their overall monthly retirement income.
3: And true, in, in my prior career, you know, we did long-term care, but we were blindly throwing darts, um, is a good way to put it. But, you know, if you if you have CERT, you know, the foundation income, I think is what, um, uh, what we call it, and it, it's going to cover a decent amount, and we can leverage, you know, your current days dollars to buy a policy that will, you know, maybe your spouse is going to need to live 15 or 20 more years or will, and we're, you know, siphoning out one of our buckets or two of her buckets to cover your current expenses, then that can change up the plan that we're really working hard to do, because we kind of ignored that part of it.
2: Yeah, let me let me kind of illustrate that in, yeah. in a certain way. Because if you think about the way that we plan for retirement income and gen wealth, one of the things that we do is we create an income floor. That is a foundational income that basically takes care of your basic needs. So let's throw some numbers it. Let's say you've got a couple thousand dollars coming in from Social Security, and let's say that you've got another $1,000 coming in from some type of guaranteed income product that we've created for you. Now you have $3,000 a month coming in. That $3,000 a month is going to be there regardless of whether you're in a long-term care facility or if you're at home spending the money or whatever the case may be. So what you may need to do to cover that, let's say, $5,000 long term care bill is you may need to redirect that $3,000 of basic living expenses to cover most of your long term care need, and then use a smaller long term care insurance policy to cover the gap. And so there are things like that that your advisor can work through in your situation. And I don't want anybody to take the examples that I'm using here today as being the the gospel on how everything is, because obviously this is a very specialized, uh, customized deal that we do for folks. But what you want to do is look at this from the most optimal way that you can utilize it possible. A smaller long-term care benefit means your premium is going to be smaller on that life insurance policy that has a long-term care rider on it. So, Scott, I guess with some ingenuity and some engineering, uh, you can get to a spot where you can cover the need. Without breaking the bank.
1: Yeah, I think a, a easy example would be if we've built a retirement income f- the plan for a couple that is, uh, let's just throw some numbers out there, say six or seven thousand dollars a month, but they have assets that will support potentially another thousand dollars a month that can be used. And, of course, our plans for withdrawal from your assets are built on conservative rates of return so we can have some peace of mind about pulling another $1,000 or whatever, $800, whatever it needs to be to pay the premiums on those long-term care policies. And when you mentioned the care and the cost of care, I didn't want to throw these numbers out uh, because they are pretty astounding, and they go up every year. This is from a 2019 GenWorth cost of care survey. That's GenWorth, not GenWealth. People do get the two confused and sometimes. interchange them sometimes. We don't here, but Genworth, another, it's an insurance company. The cost average uh, this way from that study, uh, assisted living could cost $48,000 a year. Home health aides, just bringing home health aides in, could be more than $52,000 a year. And a private nursing home, if uh, you have to go there, a, home care co- a private nursing home care cost could be over $100,000 a year. I do think... It is important to point out that those are national numbers, and I do think if you're in Arkansas or if you're in the South or if you're in a lower uh, cost of
2: living state, that could vary a little bit in your favor, but it's still going to be super expensive. I got a real important point to make on this because you ju- it triggered it when you went through these these different levels of care. You know what long-term care coverage really is? It's really coverage to help keep you out of the nursing home because- Medicaid doesn't cover anything but nursing home care. So if you have a long-term care policy, then you can actually stay out of the nursing home, uh, which is what a lot of people really want to do, Tony.
3: Right, yeah, because the long-term care policy would kick in. You know, you're going to have your their activities of daily living, uh, eating, using the restroom, dressing, bathing, being able to clothe yourself. And if you've lost two of those, then that would allow you to use that policy. And most likely, if you've lost two of those, you still can function. You're not, you know, you're not home, completely homebound. Um, and you can kind of have some choice in how you live your life. And that policy can come in along with the rest of your plan and supplement that so that you do get to make some decisions. And you're, you know, kind of keeping your dignity, so to speak.
2: Look, uh, Yeah, clearly, when we think about retirement, we've said this in workshops before, Scott, and and I think it's a universal truth. What people want in retirement is dignity and independence. And facilitating dignity and independence when everything is going well is pretty easy. You know, you have to create your retirement income plan, you go have fun, you go do the things you want to do. Facilitating dignity and independence when things are not going well from a health standpoint. Really does require more firepower than most people have, mm. uh, in, in, and be able to cover all the other things that that they need and want to do. That's why we are adamant about the this issue of long term care. And I think that that as you look at it, you have to think about what I call a, a a complete holistic strategy for your finances. And holistic means that we're going to look at not just deal with the things that are, are going to be fun and good things and all of that. We're going to deal with the things that that you probably don't really want to think about. But at some point in time, you will be very glad that you did think about it because you anticipated that problem before it happened and you're prepared to cover it.
1: So we mentioned a little bit ago in the show about the who, what, when, where, and how of long-term care. We covered the who when we talked about 50% of older adults that will need the care at some point, and the odds shoot up to 70% for adults over 65. We talked about the the what. In other words, how do you approach it? What is it that we're talking about? And we talked about the the three silos of people and how they will need to address it. If you have little or no assets, Medicaid may be the only option, if you are what we would call a constrained investor. In other words, you've got just enough assets to really produce a favorable retirement income plan for yourself and maybe your spouse. But if there is an event that requires care that could really blow up your plan, that's when we need to leverage an insurance uh, policy or at least look towards that as an option. And then there are the folks who have overfunded retirement. Their retirement income needs and desires will be fulfilled uh, with with a portion of their assets, or even the majority of their assets, we can position what we would call a long-term care bucket uh, over on the sidelines to invest in a moderate way over time to be there for them to be able to self-fund uh, a long-term care event. We talked about the where, that it can be stay out of the nursing home uh, insurance. You can stay at home. We kind of vetted that out. We talked about the how, and that's planning holistically, Uh, with a specific retirement income monthly on paper on purpose so that you can layer that in if there is a need to pay a premium for uh, long-term care. Let's talk about the when. That's the one we haven't talked about. When do you approach this? When is the best time to determine if you need uh, to leverage long-term care insurance? Tony, you want to take that one?
3: Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it isn't, you know, either if you went the traditional versus the life insurance route, um, you know, one of the key factors is, you know, your money is going to pay the premium, but your health is what actually buys the policy. Right. Um, so, you know, typically look in the, you know, 50, 55, 60 range. But if you know you have a history of health issues that could be developed, then you want to, you know, we may have to look at it earlier so that we can get you approved for the policy. Yeah. Because um, that's going to be the most important part. We can, you know, want it for you all we want. But if you can't get approved.
2: Yeah, there's not a lot of leeway there. Yeah. And, and and the other thing that you got to think about in this, guys, is that, if you buy it younger, your premium is cheaper. Yeah. Now, yes, you will pay for it for a longer time, but if you add that up, there's probably a break-even point at some spot in there, but I think that that's really beside the point. What you want to be sure that you are able to do is to get qualified for coverage mm-hmm. because, as Tony said, yes, uh, the the uh, it's your health that buys the policy for you. You qualify bu- based on what your health is like and it's just like anything else you can't go buy you know homeowner's insurance after the tornado has hit the house right you've got to buy it before it hits the house for it to be able to pay off same thing here you've got to be able to qualify for that long-term care coverage so going ahead and thinking about having that conversation way before you have any health problems that might uh, trigger a need for long-term care at now or in the future really is important because, Scott, they do a fairly in-depth health look at, at where you are health-wise. But one thing I want to be sure that people are cognizant of is that there is also a cognitive test that yeah. that goes on as part of the screening for long-term care because Alzheimer's and, and mental uh, issues – have been really more prevalent these days and are costing insurance companies a lot of money
1: yeah and that's something that not only is it more prevalent it's happening at a younger age I mean I, I can tell you personal from personal experience in the client meeting room I have a client uh, a couple who are about to retire and the main reason uh, that the the male spouse wants to retire is because his wife uh, has early onset dementia and it's mm-hmm. leading into Alzheimer's at a rapid pace and and she's only 59 years old. And we know of people in their 50s who develop this and are are going to need care. So there is a a way to highlight there a need to maybe think about it uh, before that sweet spot that we call between 55 and 60. However, I think there's also a way to approach that. I think it's fair to say that if you have margin in your life at an earlier age, let's say I'm 49 years old, so let's put myself into this. If I have some margin in my life and I'm not in that sweet spot yet, i may want to I may worry about qualifying for care, so i'm thinking about that. You can also begin to build your long term care bucket because statistically i've got twenty years or so that i'm going to need or i'm going to have before i 'll need this care. You can build up some some investable uh, money that would that would help help you self insure too. So there's an option for you too. But again, we don't know that answer until we put everything together.
2: Uh, it, it really is a big em- emphasis for you to go see a financial yep. advisor because you can reason your way through to to almost any conclusion. You you literally can come up with a scenario that makes sense. But really, what makes uh, better sense for you? is to have someone objectively look at the facts. And that's really where we come along here at GenWealth, is that you've got a third party that can sit down with you and your spouse and talk through, okay, let's think about the most likely scenario. Chances are we can't cover every scenario, but maybe we can cover the most likely scenario where one or both of you have a need for long-term care. And so as you walk through that process, there are policies that cover individuals. There are p- policies that cover jointly the, both uh, husband and wife in a, in a uh, long-term care setting. So there are options out there for you. Crafting those options and customizing those options to your situation, to your particular need is really what our advisors and Tony as our insurance specialist do here at GenWealth. Uh, you know, I, I think back to, uh, what was it, Hillary Clinton's book, It Takes a Village. Uh, when it comes to finances, it takes a team. Yeah. And I think that it, it really does take uh, someone who specializes in insurance, someone who specializes in financial planning, someone who specializes in investments, all three of those mindsets coming together to allow for the opportunity to craft a plan that works for an individual.
1: Also under the how, and I want to kind of swing this back to you, Tony, you've got about a minute left before our final thoughts. Uh, let's talk about the process. How, how, how is that going to work for a client? Well, the
3: life insurance one is going to be, you know, an application uh, questionnaire. They're going to, you know, dig into your medical history like they would for, a you know, matches a life insurance policy. Uh, may, ha- you know, have to do a paramed exam where they just, you know, take some blood, blood pressure. Uh, and then there is going to be the cognitive piece added to it. So it'll match You know, just like if you've done a life insurance exam with that cognitive piece um, added on to it. Is that a phone
1: call, the cognitive exam? Yes.
3: Yes. And I've had some people that thought they understood that part of it. And when we got to that, they backed out because I think they, you know, just got a little nervous. Um, But it's, you know, it's just a necessary part of the process. To And that's where we want to get on it early. If you wait, you know, too long, then that can be something that can disqualify you. And there's no cost to go through that no the there's and there's no commitment if they come yeah. back and the premium is not what you you know we thought it would be or you know it's not going to fit within your budget then that's something that you're not committed to at all.
1: Perfect. Like, I mean, how do you do that? I mean right up to the bell. That is our final thoughts bell so it's time to start there and uh, Tony I don't even know if we've told you about how this works but we turn to you for the final thoughts. Do uh, you have any final thoughts or kind of what we've been talking about today?
3: I would say the long-term care is you know a necessity and An insurance person can sell you any policy, but I think without knowing the financial picture, I can sell you a great policy, but it may not be the best policy for you.
2: Scott, I would say that, that financial independence is the freedom to choose to spend your life how you want to spend it. Now, obviously, we're not in total control of that because obviously health issues crop up and anything can happen. But to be able to to accommodate that, to be able to deal with that in a way that preserves your dignity and your independence is very critical. We here at Gen Wealth are here to help you through that process, to look at this objectively and say, okay, this looks like the the best path for you to take care of this. And if you can take care of it on your own, we'll tell you that. But if you need the assistance of a long-term care instrument to come alongside you to basically defend the integrity of your retirement savings and your legacy to your children, then that's certainly something that we want to help you do. So reach out to us and let's have that conversation.
1: Yeah, the Ready to Retire process here at Genwell focuses on seven key areas, creating a written plan, maximizing Social Security, maybe considering a hybrid retirement, protecting against inflation, which is very prevalent right now, securing guaranteed lifetime income, planning for long-term care, and defending against taxes. If you're ready to take the next step, we would give you a phone number to call 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526 to begin the first step in walking through the ready-to-retire process at Genworth. And that's all the time we have for this week's show. We hope you have enjoyed the uh, who, what, when, where, and how. I just thought of that on the fly, by the way. How about that? Of long-term care. Hope it was valuable information. We hope you'll join us again next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866 653 7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.